Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Um, Well, let's talk Pittsburgh. First things first, by the way, with this game now with the Steelers Sunday, the state of Pennsylvania is now allowing fans in the stands. So Pittsburgh this weekend will be permitted to have 5,500 people in the stands. It'll be the Eagles' first game with an actual crowd. Um, It'll definitely be. Definitely, I can't even speak. It will definitely play a role because the noise that they hear in the stadium is like this dull buzzing sound. It's almost like static. And I don't know if anybody else is experiencing this, but I do know that on my television um, for the Sunday night football games, that buzzing sound is picked up and it is audibly noticeable when I'm listening to the games and it's incredibly annoying so I guess if I don't know if that buzzing sound will be still there because it's just limited fans but regardless it'll be actual noise it'll be an actual environment and who knows how the team will respond to it I'm very eager to see and let's talk about this game now in general Uh, first things first let's go over the injuries so the Eagles injury report came out this week and um well, let's just use today's. So there was a couple guys. And on Wednesday when they release these injury reports, people will get a little nervous. A lot of times it's just rest. They're holding players out of practice. Um, the Thursday one is where you generally get the hint of who's going to play and who's not. So there was two guys who did not participate, Avante Maddox and um, Alshon Jeffrey. The Avante Maddox one, this is two games. Now, my thing is if you're going to miss three games... Like, just put the person on IR. You could bring them back. Uh, But regardless, Jeffrey is the one that's really annoying me because, and it's nothing against him, Alshon Jeffrey was kept on the active roster to start the season and not put on the physically unable to play list because the Eagles thought they could have him before week six. Now, they could have activated him after, you know, it'll be the Ravens game. He could have practiced that week and then, you know, could have played and that maybe they thought we'd rather have him practicing getting used to the field or uh, to the quarterback and the offense again but this will be now five games because my chances are he's not playing Sunday so really what the Eagles did was take a roster spot and give it to a guy and what they're going to pretty much do is at very best get him for one game extra which again could be very important. I'm not saying it's not. But if he doesn't play in that Ravens game, then all you did was keep him active so he could practice a little bit. Uh, not something I like. Now there are other uh, injuries here. We had a couple guys that were limited. Uh, Deshaun was limited. I don't know what that means for Sunday, but um, like I said, he was. I know I overreacted a little bit a couple weeks ago when I said he was officially dead to me because he got hurt. But it, it's clear as day this team does need Deshaun Jackson. Um, They just need a speed. I mean, we saw in the San Francisco game, there was literally no downfield threat with the exception of that deep pass to Fulgham. But having him on the field will help the tight ends. I mean, clearly, Ertz was affected. He was, you know, four catches, nine yards. And if you watch the tape review on uh, Ertz, it it wasn't good anyway. Yeah, there was a a play, I guess, I I forget. It was early in the first half, I believe, where he was wide open for a touchdown. and, And it was just a miss. I mean, and again, I know... I'm critical of the quarterback, but that stuff does happen. But he just does not look anywhere close to the player he looked like the last couple years. And again, I keep stressing this. If this is over his contract, 
This is a bad look. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, four catches, nine yards? We need Zach Ertz. And I don't want to hear the, oh, well, there's no receivers. There were, Please. That's no excuse. He's running lazy routes. He's not getting any separation. I, I, again, it's, and I get it. Maybe he's frustrated with the quarterback, but regardless, it shouldn't be affecting his play to the level it is, and it's, it's, it is very concerning. But you look rest at uh, the rest of the injury report. Lane Johnson's limited. I think you'll see him limited all season with that ankle. We saw him have to come out of the uh, game on Sunday multiple times due to the ankle. I guess it was stiffened up. Rodney McLeod was on the report, which is kind of concerning. Um, he didn't practice on Wednesday. He had a hamstring. He was limited today. My guess is he's playing. I haven't heard anything otherwise yet at this point. Um, and Rodney McLeod deserves a lot of credit for that game on Sunday, too. He was fantastic. He played. That might have been his best game as an Eagle. He had the interception, but, I mean, he was everywhere in terms of making tackles. He was all over the field. Rodney McLeod really played his best game. So even seeing him pop up here on any type of injury report is very concerning because we need him at full strength, especially with the injuries in the secondary and Mills playing corner. Because Marcus Epps, who was on the injury report as well, but he was a full participant in practice today, and Kayvon Wallace splitting those reps at safety. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but um, especially when you don't have anybody at corner. Um, and yeah, Mills back at corner. I mean, that, it's, it's just crazy to think that Mills is back at cornerback. And to be fair, they got a good break playing against the Niners. This week, Jalen Mills at cornerback, I could absolutely for sure guarantee you Jalen Mills is going to be tested at cornerback. It will not be like it was last week. But Marcus Epps was on the report for a rib injury. He's He was a full go today. Um, Fletcher Cox was full. I mean, he just had a rest day. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was full with his calf. Um, Nate Herbig was full with a groin, and Kelsey was full with his hip. I mean, there was a report in that game that Jason Kelsey had come out of that game. I, I knew it when it was said. I'm like, Jason Kelsey had never come out. He was on the trainer's table, and I guess Luke Jerigo was taking snaps, but Luke Jerigo never went into the actual football game and took any, or, and, you know, played center at any point. Kelsey did not miss a snap. Um, well, and, and then if you do want to look at the other side for injuries, the Steelers really don't have too many injuries. Um, but the big one that popped up today who didn't participate due to a knee injury was TJ Watt. Now, is TJ Watt going to not play? I don't know. Um, I just found that very weird that he practiced yesterday and then today came up with a knee. The Steelers' defense line is really good. They are really, really good. Their defensive ends are really, really good. TJ Watt was the defensive player of the year. You have Bud Dupree. Um, Jordan Mailata is going to get tested here. This one is going to be a test and then some. Uh, the Eagles' defense line has been great these last two weeks for sure. They've played incredible. Well, the unit they're going up against in terms of their counterparts, that defense line, it's just as good, if not much better. Um, their linebackers are solid. You know, Devin Bush, Williams, they, they have some good athletes there. Their secondary is solid. Hilton's a good slot corner. Um, you know, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden was on their injury report as well. I noticed that. Um, I didn't see anything saying that he wasn't going to play, but again, I'm not so sure on that. Um, Steelers' defense is really good. That's, this isn't a spoiler. I mean, everybody knows. Getting Minka Fitzpatrick like they did last year kind of changed their whole season. I mean, that team almost made the playoffs, and they had, you know, guys that couldn't play 
in the XFL at quarterback. I mean, no offense to Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges, but I mean, they were horrible. And we look at that team now with Ben Roethlisberger and they're 3-0 and because Ben Roethlisberger is still really good. So let's talk about what I think is going to happen in this game. So the Steelers are the anti-49ers. The 49ers wanted to play big football. Um, they like to get their tight ends involved. George Kittle clearly had 15 catches on 15 targets for 183 yards. And it was a great idea because, you know, generally your tight ends will be matched up with linebackers and our linebackers are horrible. And I and I, I don't like to say that in terms of all of them because I don't know what Davion Taylor, <clears throat> Davion Taylor is. I don't know what Sean Bradley is. And Alex Singleton, who I've said all along is the best linebacker on this team and I was proven right on Sunday, like I've said, anybody who's listened to this knows that I am an Alex Singleton stan and he is the man but you watch Nate Gary and Duke Riley. Those guys can absolutely not cover me. Um, my guess would be, even though Pittsburgh does like to go four wide receivers a lot because those four wide receivers they have are great. I mean, you got Schuster, you have um, James Washington, Chase Claypool, James or uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I mean, they're four deep. But my guess would be. You will see Eric Ebron. You will see Vance McDonald. I mean, they, they would be fools to not try to take advantage of our absolutely god-awful linebackers that they have playing, Riley and Gary. I mean, that, no offense to those guys. And again, people like when we take like people are taking shots supposedly at the linebackers. Don't. It's not Nathan Gary's fault. It's not Duke Riley's fault. They're they're being put in positions to fail. They're just here's the thing. They're just not qualified to be starting linebackers in the NFL. Can they develop into that? Maybe. I mean, I don't know about Nathan Gary. I mean, Duke Riley, maybe more so. This is really his first chance. This is Nathan Gary's second. You're kind of seeing what they are. And I know Nathan Gary popped up in the news day for some tweets or something that he had in 2011 that were pretty offensive. Um, again, I don't know too much about it, but I, I, I just think that if we went with Singleton and Taylor at linebacker and took our chances. I know for a fact they cannot be worse than Nathan Gary and they absolutely cannot be worse than Duke Riley. It's just, it's it's almost statistically impossible at this point. And I know a lot of times like Jim Schwartz this week was coming out saying, you know, we see something where it looks like, for instance, the play last week, I think it was the second place of the game or second play of the game where Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, broke out and he was wide open. It would have been a walk-in 75-yard touchdown, but Mullins missed him. And you saw Gary trailing late. Well, the thing was, that really wasn't Nathan Gary's guy. It was the safety's guy. And he was just the closest person, so you thought it was his fault. And I know he's probably referencing a play also in the Rams game where it looked like it was Gary on Higby, but it was supposed to be Mills. And all for him defending his players and not throwing them under the bus, that's what good coaches do. But yes, those plays aren't his fault, but there's a million other plays that have been his fault. So... Our poor linebacker play, I mean, my guess would be the Steelers are still not going to really adjust too much from who they are. I do think they'll try to get Ebron absolutely involved in the game. They'd be fools. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty easy win for Eric Ebron against Gary or Riley, but they do like to go with four wide receivers. And the other thing is we got play action rolled out a lot. And the 49ers didn't even do it as much as I thought they would. I, I was pretty stunned by that. I thought Kyle Shanahan would really try to go to that, especially with, you know, his, whatchamacallit, what is it, second-string quarterback and then eventually his third-string quarterback. But 
I would think with Roethlisberger, he means he's just not an athlete. He's not the athlete that's going to be rolling out of the pocket. Um, my guess will be that they try to beat the Eagles in other ways. I mean, our defense line is really good. So generally, when you do have a good defense line, especially one that's playing hot like the Eagles is right now, um, you want to get the quarterback out of the pocket. You want to give him some time. Um, but the Steelers, you know, they have a solid offensive line. They're a good team, man. They're 3-0. and They got a bad break this week being taken off the field with that Titans game. I mean, and that's criminal, by the way. With the Tennessee Titans are happening here, I mean, at some point we have to look up and go, they should be forced to forfeit games. I, again, this is part of the season. I get it. And I know you want to make schedule adjustments and you want to make sure that, you know, we're trying to get the games in. And absolutely, I agree. But, you know, you, you can't be penalizing teams that are doing stuff right, that aren't having problems for teams that are. And, you know, they, they got starting 3-0. and I mean, I remember Wentz's rookie year, the Eagles started 3-0. and And then we had a bye. And then we played Detroit and lost. And it just never, we never recovered. Ironically, that year they beat the Steelers the last time we played them to go to 3-0. And the team looked great. We had a bye in week four, which was an incredibly early bye in the NFL. I hate that they were doing that. But it just freaking halted our season. They never recovered. And Mike Tomlin was very adamant about this. And I, I don't blame him. He's absolutely right. Especially because it was an unplanned bye. So the team did not play that game knowing, okay, we're off next week. We could kind of... Take a mental break. No, they were preparing to play the Titans up until I believe it was Wednesday. And then they found out the game was canceled. And it's like, all right, well, cool. So we were doing our preparation for a team we're not even playing this week. Now we're going to play them later. We have to play just unfair circumstances. But um, the, or the the Steelers do have a good solid running game. James Conner's having a big of a, a bit of a, you know, comeback season here. Um, they have Benny Snell. They will absolutely run the football. That is a guarantee. But they run it out of their spread formation more so than running it out of a tight formation. So, uh, listen, this is going to be a hard game. This is, right now on paper, this is the best team the Eagles have played this season. They are the most complete team the Eagles have played. I know the Rams played us very well. And, and again, I, I understand and I recognize that. But going to Pittsburgh... You know, coming off a win, which is nice for us, obviously, but this will be the biggest test. You'll find out. We're going to find out really quick what the Eagles are. We're going to find out what the quarterback is. This is the best defense we've faced all season, bar none. Bar none. And now with actual human beings in the crowd, I mean, he's going to hear it. And whether it's, you know ironic cheers and boos, whatever. And I know it won't be as loud as 65,000 people, but, you know, I I had to hear it a lot this week too with Carson Wentz. A lot of people, you know, happy. They saw some good things. And yes, there were some good things in that football game. Like I said, the throw to Fulgham was incredible, but man, the, the Carson Wentz was still struggling. His accuracy is still an issue. I mean, we need him to play at an elite level especially if they're going to win this game. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Like I said, his quarterback rating was 81 on uh, Sunday night. If his quarterback rating is anything under 100, the Eagles will not win this game. Guaranteed. 100%. I absolutely guarantee that. The team's too good they're playing. They need the quarterback to play up to that level. Now, the defensive line for us is getting hot. I mean, Jannard Avery, what a great game he had. I don't even know if I mentioned him in that post game, but he absolutely deserves to be mentioned. He had a great game. He was all over the quarterback, and he played limited snaps, but he did his job. And if you noticed, if you looked back at the All-22, he was stood up a lot. 
And what that means is he did not have his hand in the dirt when he was rushing the quarterback. He was running it essentially from like this joker type position and he was blitzing like a linebacker. And that's where he had his most success. And they even did that with Barnett a little bit. But Brandon Graham, like I said, very good game, forcing a lot of pressures. Craven LeBlanc with a, with a, you know, the strip sack. This is, um, this is going to be a test. And, I, and again, I think the Eagles have some confidence going in, and, and they should. You go to San Francisco, and sometimes it's good to get away from home, and they got away from home, and they, they, they delivered on a Sunday night in a game a lot of people thought they were going to lose, even with all the injuries and the backups playing for the 49ers. It was a great win. But if we really want to know how close the Eagles are to being good, this is going to be the game. And I keep saying it comes down to one guy, but it really truthfully does for this team. If he plays and he has a quarterback rating over 100 and we lose, that's on the team. That'll be the first time all year where we could sit back and blame the team. But I, I don't envision that happening. I, I think that the team is playing pretty good right now. My guess for the wide receiver situation will be that, I mean, I, I with Deshaun being limited, my guess is he's going to try to play. But I believe he was limited last Thursday and didn't play. Um, actually, no, I don't think he did practice. So... Even if he's a decoy, in a way, they want to speed on the field because it'll help the tight end, Ertz. Um, you know, th there was roster moves done this week as well. The Eagles sent uh, re-signed Adrian Killens to their practice squad. They had to bring him down. I know what Burnett, they can't call him up anymore. So what that means is they can't use the practice squad call-up thing because you can only use that twice before you have to put somebody on the active roster. Um, they did put a couple guys on IR. Did they put Maddox? Let me actually check that. I believe they actually may have put Maddox on on injured reserve now. So people were probably hearing that at the beginning, going, you dummy, they actually did do that. No, it wasn't Maddox. It was um, Edwards and Ford. So they do have spots there. So my guess would be that maybe Burnett comes up and they put him on the active roster because it's the only way he could play now. But or, or they feel Quez Watkins is going to be ready to go and he'll play. And if they do go with Quez Watkins and they, and they act, because he, remember, he's got that 21 day window here to practice. He's not on the active roster yet. But if it's Quez, then, then you would have your wide receivers for this game would be Deshaun, Fulgham, Ward, Quez Watkins, and John Hightower. And I'm watching this Thursday night game, um, and I'm seeing this guy, Tyler Johnson. He was a fifth round pick. So it's like, and again, Tyler Johnson's more or less playing out of the slot position tonight. But it, it, he, this guy's all over the field. He's got great speed. He was a highly, you know, touted guy coming out of college in terms of production. Somehow fell to the fifth round. Um, th this would be nice. I, I think John Hightower had his, you know, best game as an Eagle last week. He did some good things. But, man, we need some explosive plays. And I get it, Travis Fulgham delivered one. But we need some other guys besides Greg Ward to step up here. And the quarterback's got to help them. Like I said, the big thing with him is... Do not sit back and believe the wide receivers are going to cause you to fail. He has to put it on them and force them to fail. And another thing that's going to help him is our running game. We need to get Miles Sanders going. I thought last week, the first quarter, I thought, man, Miles Sanders is set to break out here. And trust me, I know his numbers did not look good at the end of that game, but there were some plays left on the field where Wentz missed him on a couple angle routes that... You know, if he makes these plays, they might have been touchdowns, and we're talking a whole different story about the game Miles Sanders played. So, the big key to this game is going to be how do the Eagles' offensive line respond? Because guess what? I mean, I know San Francisco is a really good team, but that defensive line they have was decimated. 
Mylotta, like I said, this is going to be a massive test. Herbig, it's going to be a massive test. Uh, you know, prior, if Lane Johnson has to come out, Jack Driscoll, you know, Kelsey, who knows, maybe he'll have to come out. It could be Jariga. But this is going to be a massive test. And another thing, too, is I was also thinking about this. The Eagles screen game has been absolutely god-awful this season, and it really has been. And when you think about it, it's a, it doesn't help that, you know, Brandon Brooks is a really good athlete. And so was Isaac Ciamalu. Nate Herbig, bless the guy, he's not a really great athlete. He's a big dude. So, I mean, to be good at screens like Kelsey and Peters, they were always so good. They were so athletically gifted when they got into space. They were able to find ways to hit guys. Nate Herbig just doesn't come off that way. And, and it's no offense to him. It's just he's built to be a bigger guy. And... um same thing with Pryor. Pryor's like a statue too, so it doesn't help. So my guess would be that the Eagles' screen game is kind of on halt. And again, I know it's a big part of what they did, but good coaches coach to the strength of their players. Um, they don't try to force you know squares into round holes. So if the screen game isn't there, which it clearly is not, figure out different ways. Maybe some RPOs. That's what I would think. And I did like the idea last week of speeding the offense up for once. Get him out of his damn head. It seems to me Carson Wentz does a lot better when he's not thinking. You know what I mean? And and again, like I said, the golfer with the yips analogy that you're hearing. Well, the best way to get it out of your head is just to not think about it and go. Go quick. Let's go. Let's go. If a mistake happens, quick, quick, quick. Stop thinking. This is going to be a really, really tough game. I can't stress it enough. Steelers are good. They're really good. I mean, geez, they should have made the playoffs last year with, you know, a Division Five quarterback playing. So uh, I would look... My final thoughts would be, I believe Ben Roethlisberger is absolutely going to try to pick on Jalen Mills, and rightfully so. I don't believe Ben Roethlisberger is going to go towards Darius Slay, and rightfully so. He's very smart. He knows where the holes are on this team. I could see them absolutely going at, you know, Roby Coleman and Cravon LeBlanc in the slot. They have great athletes at wide receiver. I mean, Deontay Johnson's really good. Chase Claypool, look at that guy for a rookie. Big, long, and fast. James Washington. And then JJ, or JJ, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, they're fast, and they have a lot of athletes, and they could spread the field. And... You know, but the thing is, the counterpoint to where the Eagles can succeed on defense will be, well, Ben doesn't move. He's kind of a statue in the pocket. So if you have a good pass rush, generally, when the quarterback can't move, that plays to your advantage. I would think the best way to get at them here would be to heat up Ben Roethlisberger a little bit. It's a lot easier to blitz a quarterback who doesn't move. I know that goes against a lot of things Jim Schwartz likes to do, but I mean, think about it. The biggest play in that game for the Eagles defense last week, besides that th interception that Singleton had, was Craven LeBlanc's strip sack of Nick Mullins. So, and that came out, that was a corner blitz. I'd like to see some more deception, a little bit more disguise with the defense. I think there was a good steps taken last week. It's going to be a lot harder to confuse a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a, what, <laughs> 15-year veteran, whatever he is, veteran. I mean, this guy's been in the league longer than most of us have been alive. So he's seen everything and knows what they do. So um, 
going to be cool to watch. There's going to be a little bit of life in the stadium, finally. Um, first time all year, like I said, for the Eagles to play in front of a crowd. It'll be different. Um, we'll find out if the Eagles could have fans on Tuesday. The city of Philadelphia is going to vote on that because the governor has given that city you know, jurisdiction to make that decision, and rightfully so. My guess would be that there will be some limited capacity in the in, in the stands for the Eagles games, maybe by their next home game, um, and that'll be obviously next Sunday against the Ravens. Um, but this this is a big one. I think this is a winnable football game. I really do, and, and I say that because I just think our defensive line is playing really well. But I am very concerned about our offensive line against their defensive line. This, this does remind me a lot of the Washington defensive line. Remember how good it was? And they, they did. They beat the Eagles up. And that was with Peters and Ciamalo playing. So, okay, now it's Mylotta. It may, maybe Mylotta might be an upgrade over, over Peters. But, I, you know, it's definitely not the same. And, and there, I would imagine Pittsburgh is going to try to run a lot of stunts, anything to confuse those guys. I mean, and rightfully so, they have limited playing experience. Mylotta played his first actual football game. That was the first football game he's ever started was on Sunday. So, keys to a victory are going to be our offensive line, Carson Wentz, and our defensive line. Those are the three biggest keys to a victory for the Eagles. If, if we can control their defensive line and limit them somewhat, the quarterback has a hundred uh, quarterback rating of a hundred or more, and we sack the quarterback at least three times. I like our chances. I think the Eagles can absolutely then at least compete with the Steelers. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll keep that. That's a recipe to keeping that game very close. So those will be my three keys to victory. I want to thank everybody for listening to the new norm. Stay safe. Stay educated. Stay healthy. Go Eagles. Go. Thank you.